0: Welcome to Coffee and Converse. I'm Diane and this is a show for lifestyle entrepreneurs, those people building a business to support their life instead of living to build a business. If this is you, stick around for strategies on doing business more efficiently, with more ease and in a way that feels oh so good to you. Hey, hey, today's guest Kat Patterson uses psychology to help women rewire and unlearn the behaviors that get in their way. And today, she is going to help us figure out how to do that for ourselves.
1: Hey, Kat, welcome to the show. Thank you. We are so excited. Uh, Diane
0: and I were just having a little conversation there that we finally get to meet online and have an actual conversation. We've known each other in the online world for so long and chat all the time on social media, but never been face to face. This is very exciting. (laughs) So, Kat, why don't we kick off with a little about your business journey so far? sure so
1: i am in my business birthday of 10 years this year but you know to survive for 10 years i was just reflecting on it 10 years is this monumental yeah that's something to be proud of right so but yeah it's just been it's been a bit of a how would you call it a squiggly career and 10 years ago i bit the bullet and thought do you know what i'm just going to work for myself although i have discovered that my boss can be an absolute bitch and not let me go for lunch Mind. She's really mean. (laughs) Yeah, totally mean. But but yeah, get to call the shots, get to have a nap in the afternoon. And it's not all, it's not all, you know,
0: roses, smelling the roses all the time. But yeah, 10 years in, I'm still going. Amazing. So you said something on Instagram and I was like, let's talk about that. And you (laughs) spoke about people's thinking patterns. Mm. So first of all, what is a thinking pattern? And why is it important?
1: Yeah, so thinking patterns. So let me let me rewind a little. So I am so sick to the back teeth of watching social media tell me that if I get up at five in the morning, go to the gym, do a workout, drink green juice, do all the things that I'm going to be successful in business, and you know, that might work for some people. But actually, what's the old phrase, success leaves clues. and Thinking patterns are the thing that make you successful. So what do I mean by that? Thinking patterns are... Yeah, let's get back to basics. If I'm frightened of a spider, even if it hasn't bit me at any point in my life, and every time I see a spider and I scream and I shout and I wail because there's a spider, guess what I'm doing? I'm reinforcing the story that spiders are the epitome of all evil, And I'm going to be terrified of them. Now, that's pretty not useful in Scotland because we don't really have poisonous spiders. It may be useful in a place like Australia
0: because we've got poisonous... Right, so... Chances are, they bite you, you could die, yes. Very useful, okay.
1: Very useful to kind of make sure that you're still living. But, so it's a story and it's a narrative. So when we think about thinking patterns... We're reinforcing our our little neural networks in our minds.
0: And sometimes that serves us and sometimes that does not serve us. Does that make sense? Yes. So they can be good or they can be bad. Yeah. Depending on how we've set them up and I guess how we reinforce them on a regular Uh, basis.
1: And it's the reinforcing. So let's apply it to business. I am rubbish at public speaking. I can't do my numbers. Oh. I forget people's names I've got a poor memory I'm really shit at this crap at that all of these things and actually we're reinforcing now I want to caveat that because I get that in this conversation we can't cover all eventualities of neurodivergence. what I'm not saying to people who are dyslexic is go and just learn to read it will be really easy I'm not saying that but yes. what I am saying is when we begin we get really super clear about our thinking patterns it can unlock something that's going to help us grow as people develop as people but also helps our business grow exponentially and I know that's like what that's a leap cat but actually when you get really clear on what systems are running in your brain it's just software and there's glitches in the software but when we understand the glitches in the software then we can tell ourselves new stories and useful narratives and strengthen the right neural networks that services rather than working against us. Okay, so where do they come
0: from to start with?
1: You know, like
0: I am one of the people who will squeal a little at a spider, but having <laughs> grown up in South Africa where some of them are a bit more poisonous, yeah. You know, fair enough. But I, you know, will gently nudge them outside, <laughs> shut the door and the windows and hope they never come back. Yeah. But is it something that's cultural? Is it something that's we've got it from our parents who maybe also don't like spiders or whatever is there some unconscious bias built into it like what were the building blocks of that thinking all of the above
1: all of the above Excellent. yeah so and this is the thing because if you think about it as a kid if you've got um, a parent who's maybe frightened of something you're not aware that you're picking that up there's a subconscious thing And actually, I was watching a really interesting documentary the other day about if you think about it as a woman is pregnant and has a baby in their womb, the baby's already formed the eggs for their children if they have them. So if you think about the DNA is just floating about in there, and then you've got the cultural norms, you've also got society, you've then got belief systems. And the thing is, belief systems and our learning are just thoughts that we keep on thinking again and again and again. So it comes from all of those angles. It's not one thing, but all of those, as you put it, building blocks create that thinking pattern for us. And we've got two systems that are running simultaneously. So we've got a conscious system and we've got a subconscious system. And the conscious one is the I am very aware of what I'm doing, and I can see what's holding me back. But do you know what's familiar, and I'm still going to think that way. And then we've got a whole load of subconscious stuff that's just having a game in the background. Then it's the software, this binary software that's running in the background that we're unaware of, but it's still adding to the story and it's still strengthening the neural networks, and it's. The point is about thinking patterns is, one, to become aware of them, and two,
0: you can actually undo them. I mean, it cannot... all just sounds so simple. It is I so mean, simple. <laughs> years and decades of conditioning, <laughs> and now I will look at a spider and be like, you are not poisonous, you will not kill me. I am not afraid of you. Please don't touch me, please don't touch me, please <laughs> don't touch me.
1: Yeah.
0: But to be fair, you've absolutely said, for you, Ed, I would still be holding on to that. They're kind of poisonous. I'm even worse with snakes. Don't get me started. <laughs> I'll, have, I'll get heebie-jeebie-dodd. I will have get heebie jeebie out, i will not be able to continue. So, <laughs> do you feel like we come into business with some of those thinking patterns that are going to hold us back in business? Or do you think as we start to build our business and we come into the business environment, that creates new thinking patterns for us that potentially hold us back or push us forward
1: yeah i think i think we're always going to come in with our own set of thinking patterns we come in so i left the world of work i worked in a, in a very covert world chasing down
0: very bad people shall we say like just it's so- more interesting than any <laughs> of us but she can't talk about <laughs> any of it yeah you can
1: tell you can tell i'm stumbling over that you know if i told you i'd have to kill you kind of a thing <laughs> <laughs>
0: so so if you think about it we've all got
1: what's called a you know a method of operating or modus operandi. So thinking patterns are just part of that. So then if you think about it, if you're in a if you're in a nine to five job or a corporate career and then you apply business new thinking patterns on top of that. And all the things that we have to learn about, we suddenly have to learn about building an audience and all the tech that goes along with creating emails and how to pitch for investment. All of those things come into the mix. But you've got an opportunity to maybe Be aware of that thinking pattern at the very beginning that rather than letting it
0: happen to you. So let's let's take this in two different ways. Let's say you were once told by a teacher that you are absolutely rubbish at numbers, okay? And you're now in a business, chances are, like if that's stuck and it became ingrained and you convinced yourself your whole life that you're rubbish at numbers, you're probably not looking at your numbers, right? Versus you've come into business, you have to learn to sell, that's a good one to use, right, to sell yourself because a lot of people have never had to sell themselves or sell their product before, and you're not super successful at the beginning and you start to think, I'm rubbish at sales. Okay. How do we spot and tackle those two different thinking patterns given one is super ingrained and one, I guess, is probably more current but probably more painful?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think, it, so again, I'm going to go back to the the point, self-awareness, when you understand this, it's kind of you spot it, you got it and you can't unsee it once you're aware of it. And it's really interesting that you use the numbers example. And let's face it, we've all had those experiences of teachers at school who have told us that we're not going to grow up to be anything in particular, and it's really not useful just to shout out to all the teachers. That is not useful to do that. <laughs> words have meaning, <laughs> words have impact. Um, but funnily enough, the numbers thing, I'm terrible at numbers, but I didn't discover until my 30s that actually I get diagnosed with dyscalculia, which is the easiest way to describe it as numerical dyslexia. So I, okay. I failed accountancy, I failed arithmetic at school, and of course, you are rubbish at numbers. Now, I, I did carry it. I now have a label for it. But the first thing I did in business was I am terrible at the numbers. I am going to pay somebody, find somebody that I can either swap my skills with that's going to help me do the numbers and I'll help them with something that I'm absolutely brilliant at. So when we think about our zone of genius, there's a reason that we're brilliant at some things and there's a reason that we're rubbish at other things. And it's how we leverage that with like-minded people in business. And people are really, they're really generous in business. You know they're really wanting to help you and really want to see you flourish. So I think that's one aspect of it. You can, if you can delegate, and you can, financially you can delegate, smashing. If you can't find somebody to support you and swap, there's mentors.
0: There's there's all loads of ways that you can do this. I feel um, like you can pay anyone to if, do anything for you in business. So. If
1: a good friend of mine said years ago, "If money
0: solves the problem, just use the money." Why waste all the heartache and and, and all the stress? Yeah. But do you feel like that's a case of, so in your case, you were told you about it numbers, you had this belief, but yeah. then discovered that actually there's a reason for it and yeah. versus somebody who's been told that they're about at numbers and uses it as a reason to never look at a spreadsheet.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think in business, we know that when you go into business, there's no IT department anymore. There's no sales department. There's no Gosh, HR I department. The IT department. <laughs> no. And, ma- and money magically appearing in your account. Oh, Everyone, oh, oh the oh. good old days,
0: oh, oh, salaries. <laughs> oh, oh, salaries. I'm just having a moment of oh. We're both being transported back to our corporate days of of ease. We're forgetting, oh. we're forgetting all the troubles. We're forgetting, we, all, yeah, all rose colored glasses.
1: Yes. <laughs> but the reality is. Yeah, when, when we know that. So again, I think when you've got the self-awareness and you understand what's happening, you can you can do something about it, right? So if I didn't have the label that I then subsequently discovered that i had I would still have believed I'm rubbish at numbers. And there's an easy way to test it. Just do some stuff with numbers. And, and the thing is, you can be good at it, but just because you're good at it doesn't mean it's going to be the thing that lights you up. So I would always advocate for as soon as humanly possible in business. Delegate stuff out. Get people in your team, whether it's a virtual team or a real team, whatever that looks like, get the people who are brilliant at what they do and bring them to the table because you're brilliant at what you do and you can operate in a place of strengths. And we know about strengths and being in flow and all of those kind of things. But actually bring
0: those other people to the table and bring their thinking patterns to the table. Let's talk about like team thinking patterns, Mm. right? How do we... Create or maybe leverage collective thinking patterns. Mm. Because there must be a case where everybody in the team thinks spiders are terrifying. So no (laughs) one's gathering any evidence to the contrary. We're all just agreeing with each other that spiders are terrifying. Yeah. Or there's the opportunity that two people think spiders are terrifying and one doesn't, or vice versa. And then that can facilitate some kind of discussion. Yeah. How do we recognise other people's thinking patterns, I guess, is my question. And so, then leverage them in a team.
1: Yeah, so so it's almost like you've you've seen the prep that I did for coming on this conversation, Diane. This is amazing.
0: So, I just have a lot of opinions about <laughs> spiders. Everyone's like, what do spiders have to do with like making another sale or marketing or whatever? It's amazing how we can just draw
1: those threads.
0: It's very visual and very visceral for me. So that's why I keep coming back to it. It's
1: like, who knew we were going to talk about spiders? Apologies, I probably just traumatized you in this interview. (laughs) So thinking patterns. So let's think about that in team. So one of the, the containers, if you like. So if we think about thinking patterns, there are also containers within which we can do our thinking. Let me explain what I mean by that. So there are mental models and it's basically just a way and a process of being able to clarify your thoughts and to think better because the brain works better when it's posed with a question. So you're absolutely right. You're all sitting around a table. You're all part of the same team. We've all decided that actually spiders are really scary and could kill you, you know, if they're poisonous. And we're not getting into a problem solving kind of thinking process at that point. Yeah. And ironically, again, education and teachers who a lot of my friends and family are going to hate me if they they listen to this. Our education system, certainly in the UK, have squashed out what's called first principles thinking. So first principles thinking is a container to think within. And what first principles thinking means is, let's not jump to the solution, folks. Let's uncomfortably sit with the question and the problem. And that's really uncomfortable because... Most of us are rewarded within our careers to solve problems. That's what you do. You sit down at your desk, you switch on a computer. Your job is to solve problems. Answer so yes. emails do the things. That's what we're rewarded for. We're not rewarded for, I'm leaning back in my chair. Yeah, I'm, j- I'm just going to apply some first principle thinking for the next two hours. I'm just going to sit here and
0: think. <laughs> it's going to look like I'm staring into space, but I am working very hard. Yeah, so, so we don't give. The way society is developed, the way we come out of
1: education, we're not given that space but actually that's where we get, if we get back to first principles. And what first principles means is sit with a problem and hold it up to the light and look at all the all the possibilities. Let me use a real world example of this in, in terms of business. I'm sending out an email as a business owner. I've got an email audience list. My developer my deliverability of that is a bit wonky and nobody's buying my stuff. As a business owner, what am I going to do? Oh, nobody wants to buy my stuff. I'm a failure. I'm terrible, I'm a shut it down. I've spent ages on this, this is rubbish. Or oh, maybe it's called the wrong thing. I'll, I'm going to spend ages now. Thinking up a better name for that package or that program or that service. Yeah, that doesn't work. Um, okay, maybe it's the wrong price and maybe I need to put a discount on it. So there's lots of these problem-solving when actually what's happening is iOS have rolled out a change in how they allow people to see or not see. Some systems, so I do a lot of work in the public sector and charity sector, their email systems are pants. They're also locked down so that anything that looks remotely suspicious with a signature applied to it is some crazy cyber security thing that they need to lock down. So maybe it's about your emails just not getting into people's inboxes. So if we solve the wrong problem, we're going to waste hours and hours. And as business owners, we're, we're even more susceptible to wonky thinking because we're always going to take ownership. It's me, it's my stuff, nobody wants my stuff, I'm going to discount it, I'm going to change the name rather than, oh, well, it's not getting into people's inboxes. But if we'd applied first principles thinking as a team... Maybe we would have come up with that answer and
0: that solution. So it's kind of going, I have a problem. I'm noticing that I'm thinking all these things about it. What if none of those were true? What could the problem really be? And therefore, what is the solution? And then in the same way, when you're having a brainstorm or a team meeting and everyone goes, the solution is sales, more sales, turn on more sales, it's actually to go, do we believe that because that's what we've always done or do we have some other ideas in this room from someone who might not be thinking like me
1: totally and if them and and if we think about things like post-it notes came from first principles thinking somebody created glue that wasn't very sticky and thought it was rubbish and somebody went actually that'd be brilliant because that means something can be temporarily moved youtube was set up as a dating site. If they'd continued down that path without going back to first principles thinking we would never have had the cat video extravaganza that we have at our fingertips today.
0: <laughs> I'm more a baby goat person myself, but I understand where you're coming from. <laughs> baby goats and coats is my is my genre. <laughs> I've learned something new about you today, Diane. <laughs> so, so when we are in- our kind of business leader role and we have a slightly bigger team and we now have like team dynamics in play. Yeah. How do we help the people in that team understand maybe their thinking pattern and someone else's thinking pattern and how to talk to each other about it? Because a lot of conflict in teams comes from different communication styles so I imagine that different thinking patterns is responsible for the other fifty percent of the uh, problems. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I think there's loads of profiling tools mm-hmm. out there that allow you to look at those strengths and preferences. And for me, it doesn't matter what tool you use, as long as you start to look at that. And it gives you it gives you a third party language rather than Diane's being really like dismissive Abrupt. of my ideas because <laughs> she's She's all about, you know, she's an accountant by trade and she's got all this numbers background and, you know, she's just... When actually, if we respect the differences and we understand, oh, that's why you're thinking like that. So I think there's there's a part of that that's about understanding our, our own strengths and preferences. It's then about understanding our team's strengths and preferences, but then taking that a step further and having respect for those differences and understanding and using a third-party language. Oh, I get that because, oh, you're an analytical-type person or you're an ideas-type person. And there's a lot at stake, you know, when you've got the business owner who's leading that, there's a lot at stake for them to be problem-solving and driving the business forward. But actually, if they can if they can also hold a space for their team to be, there's a reason they hired them. They should be more brilliant at the things that they're not great at hold a space for that and allow that because it's a bit of storming and norming. You know, the tension is good. The debate is good and useful as long as it's contained and it's not personal. So I think when you when you take the time to understand who's at the table, who's in the room, who are you working with, you don't need to get on with everybody. Dun-dun-dun. Don't need to like everybody. Dun-dun-dun. But you yeah. do have to have respect for differences.
0: Yeah, I think that's, that's so true in that your ability to understand where someone else is coming from takes the respect to be able to ask that question in the first place to be like why do you think that not that's such a stupid idea yeah. right Cause, <laughs> like no matter what you're thinking in your brain rather ask the question but also like if you the more you know each other the deeper you know each other whether mm-hmm. that's through you've done profiles and stuff like that or you're just doing really good team building stuff the easier it is to not assume someone's like being difficult with how they're thinking about something like yeah. you and i have completely different backgrounds we have a yeah. lot of similarities but because i know your background you coming to the table and being like well what if you what you're thinking is this and i'd be there with my like analytical mm-hmm. here's what the kpis are telling me we just yeah. have two different approaches to a problem totally but i think it's quite hard in the moment to go okay thinking patterns thinking patterns <laughs> thinking patterns right yeah. Yeah. So I assume this isn't a, okay, we've heard you talk about thinking patterns today and we are all now quote unquote cured. <laughs> I'm no longer afraid of spiders. I swear after this episode, everyone's going to send me every spider meme yeah. possible and I will freak out <laughs> and I will send, send all her of goats. them. No, send Yates. goats instead, people. Send goats. Go- goats and coats. <laughs> 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 So do you suggest that people start with their team by actually just having a conversation about the concept of like, hey, let's take the next problem and let's all talk about what we think about it without reconception? Like in accounting, if you were doing a plan, we'd call it like zero-based planning. You start everything rather than going, it's actually quite good for this time of year, rather than going what I made last year plus yeah. 20%, which is really bad way to do planning, Yep, you say, okay, I'm going to start from zero. What can I sell? What's it going to cost? And you build it all up from scratch without any of last year's that's a perfect.
1: That's a perfect example of, yeah, why would you just stick an arbitrary 20%? Uh, yeah, eye and Not enough eye rolling for that. That is just yeah. bonkers. And I get it, you know, targets, all the things. But ultimately, yeah, the zero, I love that. So that I think that's a perfect thing. So I, in the facilitation world, coaching world, I would call that setting up the learning environment. So, right, folks, we're going to get a room today. We're going to explore a different way of doing things. You know, so rather than your your usual annoying, you know, team building exercises, that are not enough I rolls for that either. You know, I've, I've seen a slightly off-piste, I've seen a really funny i think it might have been tiktok or a reel or something you know that when they do the oh tell me two truths and a lie enough to guess and they do it as a team building when a comedian stood up she went, i hate you i hate you and i hate you <laughs> <laughs> and then leaves the room and i'm like oh that's genius do you know which one is the lie which one of the truth's so nobody, nobody enjoys
0: that stuff. Well, facilitators usually do. Or like, tell actual... me something interesting about yourself. Oh, God. yeah, you That's just... my worst. Like... Yeah.
1: You just want to staple your hands to a runaway horse
0: at that point. You're just like, <laughs> <laughs> done with that. <laughs> the done. runaway horse that just happens to randomly be in the meeting room with you. <laughs> Absolutely. You never been to my meetings, Diane. No, 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 I don't. Know. <laughs> Apparently, I'm definitely
1: coming now. <laughs> but that's the thing: if you set it up for people to say, "Do you know what? We're just going to do things differently. We're just going to shake things up a little bit." And it'd be really good if we had a third party way so that we were all personal with one another. Because when when our metal is tested, it's not when things are going lovely that teams are all bonding together. It's when the proverbial hits the fan. That's when you want people to really lean into it and work together and and really respect the differences. And when we understand that, just take the time to set that up rather than just we're now going to do this from, you know, and everybody's like, whoa, we we don't have a clue what's happening. Set it up. Set it up for your team. Why would you not do that? People will actually even enjoy their work better and want to spend more time
0: doing amazing stuff. My goodness. And who knows what innovation could come from it. So you said a few times that self-awareness, self-awareness, self-awareness. Do you have a resource that can help people to create a little more self-awareness in themselves? Because, you know, as the leader, you kind of want to be aware of what some of your thinking patterns are and have practiced this a little for yourself before you go forth as like the quote-unquote expert into your team.
1: Yes, I do. And and I would caveat it with, so again, I realise that you you were allow me to swear on this and I've been quite sweary with a few things. There's no point in knowing you're a dick if you can't stop yourself being a dick, right? So self-awareness, Fair. right? <laughs> so, so self-awareness is the first part, then self-regulation is the second part, right? Gotcha. So So in answer to your question, yes, I do have a self-reflection journal. It's basically a lovely plethora of exercises you can pick and choose. So it's a little bit like a pick and mix. You don't need to follow it in a linear fashion. It's kind of do the exercises that speak to you, if that makes sense. And it allows you just a little bit of critical thinking space because we don't get time for that. Let's face it, life is moving at a tremendous rate of knots. So taking time to pause and reflect actually allows us to speed up. Thinking, critical thinking, and having a container and a dedicated practice for thinking is the thing that makes you successful. Not not. The green juice at five o'clock in the morning.
0: Thank goodness, because I hate green juice. Though God, I am a 5am yeah. person, much to everyone's disgust.
1: Yeah, and actually, do you know what? If, if that's your gig, I admire you, but it's not mine. But but also, thinking patterns within that are really useful. So yes,
0: self-reflection journal. Okay. So if you could tell business owners only one thing about how they think, what would that be? Oh,
1: Oh, God. That's a really good question, and I don't know if I've got an
0: answer, because I need to think about it. (laughs) (laughs) One thing. um, I think that's just your thinking pattern telling you that you need to think about it. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. The novice has become the master. (laughs) In such a short space of
1: time, 20 minutes, that was amazing. So what would I say? I would just say there's no magic fairy that carves out that time for you. And thinking can look exactly as we we kind of had a little joke about, you know, I'm sitting thinking. I'm not talking about staring out a window in contemplation and not doing it with intention. But if we continue to move at speed, we're going to miss something critical. And our software systems and our brain are set up to give us wonky thinking. We're going to see more of the stuff that we already believe. So actually take the time to, to hold something up to the light and look at it in a slightly
0: different way. I like that. That's a good like rule for how to spend your CEO time. Yeah. Writing writing a webinar is not CEO time, but this is. Yeah. Slide that little pet peeve in there. (laughs) (laughs) So to finish up, I always ask my guests the same two questions. First of all, what is your number one lifestyle boundary for your business?
1: Oh, lifestyle boundary.
0: Got to have a nap. Any particular time of day? Every day? No, every day. But absolutely. When you feel like it are you you a good napper like are you like a 20 minutes and I'm awake and I'm ready to go or are you like if I don't set an alarm I'm gone for three hours
1: no I will always set an alarm but no I'm a pro napper I'm a nap advocate it it makes you more efficient later on but I don't have a specific time I'll just do it as and when if I hit a wall I'm like I'm going to stop there you go
0: permission to nap I do (laughs) like have you ever used brain fm that's my go-to thing brain.fm. brain brain fm recharge oh 20 yep. minutes set a 40 minute alarm Yep, magic you wake up no 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 grogginess no nope. no nothing and guess what it does it taps into your brain like thinking patterns oh and goes <laughs> you are sleepy you are
1: sleepy now you're yep. awake absolutely no honestly that's the thing i've used for years so i'm so glad you mentioned it. it's fantastic
0: oh there you go that's great two great testimonials for brain (laughs) fm all right finally what is the worst piece of cookie cutter advice you've been given as an entrepreneur oh charge your worth oh oh Oh, we need another podcast episode on that i don't know if we have enough time for how much (laughs) you and i are gonna both hate this It's like, folks, stop tying up your identity
1: and your worth into a number and actually charge a proper market value for your expertise and your guidance. Even if you've just started out yesterday, just stop it. Stop it now.
0: Stop it immediately. And and stop listening to people who tell you to charge your worth. Run over. 100%. But I feel like that's one of those thinking patterns that we create as we come into business. Nobody in corporate ever told me to charge my worth. If anything in corporate, they told me I was overpaid all the time right and like consistently year after year no you can't have a raise you're already overpaid right <laughs> come yeah. into business and it's like charge your worth and it's like well what am I worth am I worth anything no one will pay me oh my gosh I'm worth nothing no yeah. one will open my emails I'm worth nothing it's it creates that that thinking yep. for people to then undercharge and then to also completely overcharge yeah because they want to like they're trying to combat that thinking total it's just rubbish an md who's starting out in
1: business or even if you're five or ten years in just if that's what you've been doing stop it stop it immediately
0: there you go you heard it here first stop it immediately (laughs) (laughs) this has been even more fun than i thought it would be (laughs) where can people find you on the socials to carry on the conversation or see you do your thing She's always renovating her house. It's very interesting. (laughs) It's an ongoing saga.
1: (laughs) It is an ongoing saga. I'm either renovating, decorating, or yeah, it's just life, isn't it? It's (laughs) shown behind the scenes. So where can you find me? You can find me at either catpatterson.com and I'm going to spell that for people. So C-A-T and then Patterson with one T. Because there's a myriad of spellings, and also on Instagram or LinkedIn, so you will find me on LinkedIn as Cat Patterson, and I think on Instagram I'm Cat Patterson STG because I've also got my alter ego of street Talking Ginger, which is another
0: business. <laughs> can't can't imagine how that is a an alter ego for you at all. Is your alter ego supposed to be like the opposite of you? <laughs>
1: Well, I think she used to be a bit of armour and now I've just morphed into her, so
0: yes. (laughs) Fair, fair. Oh, this has been so fun. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me and I'm so glad we finally got to have a conversation, Diane. Yes, face-to-face, finally. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to follow the podcast and leave us a review.